0: Welcome to Platinum Ranch, episode ten. I'm your host, Fez Gielan. This is America by Kenny Knight.
1: Pianos, bars, and guitars. Strange faces, places, and stars. Killer cats. Olive drabs circuit TV America with all of your beauty America looking so pretty don't lock me out don't push me about strings, cases and straps, roadways, trains, buses and maps, burning lights, Saturday fights, Looking so pretty Don't lock me out Don't push me about Open up your doors for me America with all of your beauty America looking so Don't push me about open up your doors for me open up your
0: doors for me I'm back in southwest Texas in the Chihuahuan Desert It's the most biologically diverse desert in the world and relatively speaking it's a pristine landscape People call it the last frontier Big Bend National Park is here, and the Rio Grande runs through it. The Rio Grande is the river that separates and unites Mexico and the United States. In Presidio County, the trans Pipeline is being built. It's cutting through private ranch land, archaeological sites, native burial grounds, beneath the Rio Grande and into Mexico. Energy Transfer Partners, the same company responsible for the Dakota Access Pipeline, are using eminent domain to force their pipeline into people's land. This part of the world is sparsely populated, and that's part of what's so special about it. But for that same reason, the resistance against this pipeline is quite small, and not getting a lot of press. I spent a night at Two Rivers Encampment, where the water protectors camp, pray, and organize actions, and I spoke with some of the people there who are fighting the pipeline. We'll get to that shortly, but first I'd like to play a song by the Bearhead Sisters called Look at the Stars and Moon. On a Wednesday afternoon, I visited Mark and Lori Glover's house to talk to them during a rare moment where they were at home and had a bit of free time. They both have children and jobs and currently split their time between home and the Two Rivers camp of which they are the property owners. Here's Mark.
2: First off, we all got to understand that this is Texas and this is the oil and gas center of the world. In fact, if you change Texas, you change the world. Uh, we had $280 billion of exports last year. Half was oil and gas field related. Uh, our engineers from a and and Tech go on to uh, Venezuela and Ecuador and uh, Saudi Arabia. And um, not only do they bring with them oil and gas technology, know-how, and smarts, and Texas-style, but the Texas-style is maybe more... Uh, uh, something to be concerned about because here it's slash and burn and uh, they export that uh, in their minds into other countries and that this is Texas way and this is how we do it and it's a dangerous proposition if there was any state that had to pay retribution to pollution uh, worldwide it would be Texas yet uh, here we are probably I think number one in pollution Uh, We have no state taxes. Billionaires pay the same tax rate as a single mother. We have the highest rate of industrial accidents in the country. Uh, We have no unions to speak of. They've been shattered. And um, it's all legal because all the laws that uh, uh, may have prohibited some of this wildness in oil and gas exploration, extraction, have been changed so that there is no oil and gas uh, crime now. It's all legal because the average legislature in Austin makes 52,000 a year from oil and gas contributions toward their campaigns and that may not sound like much in Austin or Dallas or Houston where they don't win, their politicians don't win often, but in a place like Muleshoe or Midland or Terrebonne, uh it's a lot of money, and it throws them over the top, and they've got the numbers, and they've also got the laws, and they've been doing it for 120 years. And uh, the people are uh, second fiddle here, and, and the funny thing is most people uh, vote against their own uh, best interests when they vote uh, Republican and for these oil and gas, uh, and you can't call them crooks because it's legal. The laws allow what they do, fracking, Uh, pipelines through wilderness. Uh, In fact, the Texas Railroad Commission is supposed to be the regulator of oil and gas, but there is no regulation. That's how they were able to just start with nothing and make deals with landowners to put uh, Trans-Pecos Pipeline in the ground here through the last frontier of Texas, the last place where oil and gas uh, has left it alone. Thankfully, we don't have any oil and gas, but now we're going to have pipelines running through it for export to China. So, you have a man uh, who uh, became a billionaire in the decade of the 90s very quickly. He knew how to handle it. Uh, He does what he does well. He makes money. He builds pipelines. He's an engineer. His name is Kelsey Warren. And uh, he's worth quite a bit now, I guess, $5.6 billion. Uh, The thing is, he just does his thing. The enablers, the state legislatures... Uh, have allowed him to do his thing in, in the most uh, open-handed fashion you can possibly believe. And this is Texas, and this is, uh, this is the way it works here. Um, I think the people are um, struck by the myth. In fact, many people... Uh, think they are something because they are texan there's certain pride here there's good pride and bad pride but i don't know if the pride of being a texan i mean if you blast it off in a rocket ship and look back there would be no texas and i'm afraid that would fizzle a lot of egos in this state uh but the fact is they continue over and over again to vote for oil and gas they say uh well what about jobs 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 uh, i tell you what, you make me governor and I'll make jobs cleaning up the the mess they've made. And I'll double the pay and I'll double the amount of jobs there is. It's it's a fantasy to think that uh, you can just go on perpetually and uh, not be hurt by the oil and gas industry. But the fact is, it's come to an end. It's over. They just don't know it yet. The oil and gas executives don't know it. We cannot continue to burn fossil... 20.5 billion tons of fossil fuels are burned on the planet every year. And we have a confined, finite space. And there are consequences. And the scientists are telling what those consequences are. And we know that climate change is real, yet uh, there in the Texas legislature, uh, nobody talks about it. It's not brought up too often because... uh, that would shed some uh, some guilt, or perhaps even some proof, some fact, that oil and gas needs to be terminated. Uh, but we continue with the infrastructure. The pipelines uh, go on and on, and Kelsey owns 36,000 miles of them in this state alone. We've got to stop the infrastructure, and that's what we're doing here. We've been doing it for two and a half years, fighting this pipeline. As puny as our fight may be, we continue. People are... Uh, are becoming uh, united in the fight against oil and gas in Texas, the most unlikely place for a, uh, a revolution to start. But once again, I say you change Texas, you change the world. So we've got a lot of work ahead of us. So we need to raise a lot more money. We need to raise uh, consciousness uh, and we do it step by step. And if anything, this camp is all about uh, just uh, carrying on, mm-hmm. step by step, a little step uh, often. Uh, we get, you know, we protest and we get a felony thrown at us. You know, that's a, that's a ten thousand dollar bond. That's a uh, that's a thousand dollar bail. That's a, a sixty five hundred dollar lawyer's ticket. Plus, if it goes to trial, add on two fifty an hour. Um, just because you know the sheriff in Presidio County, where the pipeline is still being constructed, uh, has a security contract with Kelsey Warren. Uh, so he hires his deputies and they pocket 1200 bucks a day and they got to prove that they're tough so on a peaceful protest they send, give us a felony, put us in jail and uh, it's unfair, it's, it's outrageous actually, it's audacious. And uh, not enough people are out there uh, questioning this, questioning this sheriff, questioning this billionaire, questioning the system of the, of the state government of Texas. Questioning the fact that the president now has hired a former Texas governor, Perry, to run the Department of Energy. I mean, it's, it's almost insanity, and, and hopefully it's the last uh, screams of capitalism. Uh, but, um, you know, likely in four years, all of us are going to be so buried in debt and uh, working $10 an hour jobs, capitalism will continue just because it's uh, almost futile. And we go back to a feudal system. Here we are with a minority president. Uh, I should say he won only 47% of the popular vote, and he says he has a mandate. I don't think he has a mandate, and I think the people will continue to rise in this country and uh, probably continue to trickle into Canada just to get a break once in a while. All right, well, I've got a a little job going on. Thanks very much.
3: Faze her, burn her burn her hair her We are, we are
4: All I'm now
0: It's NONE with marrow. What's so good about this area is that there are so few people and that it's the middle of nowhere and it's sort of the last untouched Exactly, place. yeah. Uh-huh.
5: Yeah, well, and see, there's that ratio, too, that is so wonderful for them, and that's the um, people to, to square miles. So uh, they take our community and the populations and they divide that by the length of the pipeline and the square miles. And then they that number that they get tells whether or not they should use a Class 1 pipeline, which is at the bottom and is the cheapest, least regulated pipeline, or a Class 4 pipeline, which is going to be, you know, thicker pipe and, you know, have more regulation and be built more strongly. And so we fall in the Class 1 category because we are nothing. The community has a right, I feel, to define what they want in their community, how they want their community to be physically um, economically and they have a right to protect their community and even if that pipeline is not going straight through your property if you have a home in a neighborhood where your house is within a quarter mile or a half mile of that pipeline you don't have any right to say anything about that pipeline at all nothing no right and it could explode we've seen that happening over the years more and more pipeline explosions and a 42 inch gas pipeline going at 1200 PSI with 1.5 billion cubic feet of gas going through it every day if it explodes the, the blast radius is 1,000 to 1,500 feet. That's going to take out the homes that are within a quarter mile to a half mile it's going to start a wildfire in the area that's known for wildfire regions the indigenous peoples are some of the first or the first activists of this nation, and have continued to fight for our resources. And we don't even know, you know, we're now we see, oh, the Standing Rock camp. Well, there have been many camps before that. There have been many fights before that. And that's not taught in your schools. So in in this process of fighting this pipeline, we have learned so much more about the reality of our country, about our own identity, and the things that we're founding our Uh, lives on, you know, um, how strong a role capitalism actually plays and how sucked up we are into this kind of commodification convenience syndrome. So to convince all these people that we're on the wrong path and that we need to make these sacrifices and we need to make a cultural shift, we need to change the way we see things Um, in order to save ourselves because basically they're going in they're changing all the laws Uh, the government and the corporations are colluding to make to legally support what they're doing which really is the raping of the American people and the land and it's huge so this is not just about this pipeline this is about all the pipelines it's about all the industries this is about corporate fascism This is about a democracy that is on its way out.
6: where Christianity
0: Poignant Piece of Platinum is by Lou Bond and it's called, Why Must Our Eyes Always Be Turned Backwards?
5: The power, that, that prayer, that meditation, whatever you want to call it, is an empowerment of the individual and the empowerment of the collective. You know, it's standing together and saying that we are strong in what we believe and we will stand up to this and we will not be afraid that is where we really have to make a difference in our people in this small community and in the nation is empowering each and every person to stand up and to not be afraid there's so much fear I saw it last night when I went to there are many people who are wanting me to run for city council which I find quite ironic because now I have a criminal mischief felony charge and a criminal trespassing charge and uh, which can get you two years in prison without any pro- parole <laughs> for what for me blocking construction for a couple of hours and not damaging anything and not hurting anyone while they were actually hurting me to, to extract me and questioning my religious beliefs no. uh, yeah yeah they were asking me the sheriff do you believe in God do you believe in God and you know you know, are you willing to be tased for this, uh, what you believe in? Are you willing to do that?
0: And you were in a cell.
5: hmm Yeah. Yeah, I spent the night in... I mean, that wasn't... The jailer was nice. She was actually one of my former students at Sul Ross. Really? Yeah, it was interesting exactly. when she had, had me down and, you know, bring me in. She was like, hey, Miss Keys... What are you doing here? <laughs> I haven't seen you in a long time. I didn't think we'd meet here. So
0: yeah, you sort of mentioned you sort of model after the camp, yeah, at Standing Rock. You guys also have a large indigenous representation in the camp.
5: Model after Standing Rock has to be a very loose term because we're in such a different set of circumstances here, and the indigenous identity is super different here, also, because of the way that Texas came into this to the nation. So. Yes, we have a lot of indigenous people at the camp, and it's native-led. They are indigenous people from different tribes that are, uh, have unified as a group, and their base is it's called Society of Native Nations. Their base is in San Antonio. But then there's also Native Americans who come from other places to join us. So in Texas, it was originally Mexico and yep. Spain, right? And so you, the beginning of what happened to the indigenous people here was the Catholic Church was acculturating them, missionizing them, you know, uh, colonizing, marginalizing, all that stuff, and and they were pretty successful. Then also, when Texas became the Republic Republic of Texas, there were treaties signed with Native American tribes, guaranteeing, you know, hunting grounds and various things. Then when the Republic of Texas became the state of Texas and joined the nation. The national government, they basically just dumped all those treaties that the Native Americans had signed with the Republic of Texas. So all those became invalid. The Native Americans had nothing to stand on. And of course, they did not have any reservations. And to survive, they had to deny their own identity. So Natives who were indigenous to this area, Mm -hmm. whose people were here, you know, before all these Europeans and Texans, they are not federally recognized. They have no rights to uh, consultation about any of the sites out here that the pipeline will go through. Trap Springs is an example of one. So that's why our native-led situation here is a lot different and also the base that we have to work from. We have a lot less people Standing Rock, they already had a reservation in place.
0: Do you have uh, advice for people who aren't here, what they can do to help?
5: Uh, There's a lot that people can do. I mean, of course, you know, we need funds to pay for people to, for lawyers and to get out of jail, bail and all that kind of stuff, and to feed people. And um, so, of course, donations are an an easy way to, to support, but not have to risk too much. Um, coming down to the camp, being uh, if you've never been arrested, and you have a clean slate, you're a good um, option. And uh, you know, do it once. <laughs> 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 it really is, I think, a, a good thing to do. I know that sounds crazy, but um, how are we ever going to understand how it is for people going through the justice system unless we ourselves are placed in that spot one time mm-hmm. you know it's very dehumanizing um, and even if you aren't willing to be an arrestable people who come down and are at camp for even if like say make a two week make it your two-week vacation whatever mm-hmm. you know i've met these amazing people who they're retired or they're on vacation and what they do is they go around and they help a different protest and they're they're wonderful and having them their presence there it really lifts our spirits up a lot of times they're able to contribute skills that we need and then they come out with us to actions and they aren't they don't want to get arrested but they are physically there to show the numbers to show that people care and also to be eyes to make these police accountable the more people you have present at these actions watching in support of what's being done the less likely the cops are to brutalize you, in general. Now Standing Rock, obviously, that didn't hold true after a while. But in general, that's how it works. And, and even if they do brutalize you, you still have all those witnesses. So that makes you have a better chance in court. Mm-hmm. So it's very important having support there that is non-arrestable. Other things that can be done are sharing the stuff on Facebook, writing uh, to your magazines, your representatives, writing letters to the editor, you know, letting your voice be heard, getting together in your own community and rallying, you know, uh, protesting at one of these banks that's funding these pipelines. Just organize a march, you know, where you get people together and you speak out. People will notice and they will think. The more you can get other people to think and change their viewpoints and think about what's going on and get out of their little protective space that they're in that we're all capable of going into where we just focus on our job making dinner you know having a little bit of relaxation our kids it's there's not that much time in the day and and it's very easy for us to just insulate ourselves in that space and not take responsibility for what's going on in our country but really We haven't been paying attention, and we've been too trusting, and that's why we are where we are now.
7: Go. Not proud before you did not use to talk so loud, human, human, you dumb. Mate. Songs at night, there are still sounds in the minds below. UL, UL. Let's get out of the romance. You will not, and I will. armor we wear though we're weary we fight the world looks wide, so wherever you go, over and over, just keep saying, you win, you You win." win. Don't destroy me, but go right through me, take my home. Generous lungs below.
0: It's Human by Mount Erie. At the Two Rivers camp, I met with Destiny Wilcuts, a 16-year-old girl, and her mother, Martina. They had been at Standing Rock before coming down to Two Rivers. Destiny was recently arrested for chaining herself to a bulldozer at a construction site for the pipeline.
8: I'm Destiny Wilcuts. I'm Sichunga Lakota from Rosewood Sioux Tribe, Rosewood, South Dakota.
0: So you were first at Standing Rock?
8: Uh, yeah, I was there for almost five months, I believe. I used to go to the front lines a lot. Got used to being, being tear gassed, maced.
9: Well, she wouldn't let me go on the actions. She would say, oh gee, mom, you have to stay back.
8: Yeah, it was dangerous to go on actions. I don't let her go. There's a lot of tear gas and mace and um, concussion grenades and um, flashbangs. The police, they love to aim those grenades at people's heads when they shot them, I'd see them smiling or when they tear gassed they just got they got sick joy out of it and when they mace people they they call them out by name and I don't know how they even got their name but they call them out by name and then they'd laugh and say I got this person so-and-so
0: what made you decide to come down to the two rivers camp
8: Um. well my mom because she's elderly <laughs> and she doesn't like it where it's cold. And I didn't want to give up the fight, so I just decided to tune to another front line.
9: We're waiting for it to warm up back up in North Dakota because of the the cold weather up there. That's why we came down here.
4: Yeah.
9: Because when I'm uh, being diabetic, um, it's diet controlled and everything, but when it gets cold, um, the crampness, the cramping is pretty bad. But we're here to support the camp and pray in unity with them. Uh, The youth part of it is we would like more youth to come and support. Uh, We pray in unity because we um, are here to protect Mother Earth. And that's why we go to the front lines and the actions to let them know that, you know, we pray for their children, we pray for the workers, we pray for the Kelsey Warren, we pray for uh, Dakota Access and the Trans People's Pipeline here. Because uh, our youth is what's driving us to do this. And, and she has a sincere heart with what she's praying about. Because we're praying for the next children and their children. And there's not gonna be any clean water pretty soon with all these pipelines. We've met a lot of youth also that were um, concerned that have to speak up just like she does yeah we have to speak up the youth have to speak up because nobody's listening
10: i hear a sound it's going through my brain i hear talk of people ¶ I feel the falling rain ¶¶ I see a man crying ¶¶ Cause the whole world has let him down ¶¶ Kids are laughing at funny faces ¶¶ All proclaim ¶¶ My mind is like a spring in a clunk ¶ I can't see.
0: It's Link Ray with Fallen Rain. And so you, at some point, were locked to. What'd you do?
8: Yeah, I am locked down to some machinery, and it was like half an hour that they arrested me from when I locked from from when the construction started. They were just gonna leave me because I guess they weren't using that machinery that day. Which is funny because that's a violation of OSHA law to work around people who don't have hard hats or goggles. In the report, the officer put that he was concerned for my safety, but he let construction go around for like half an hour before he even stopped it. I spent a night in the Midland Juvenile Detention Center. Um, I had the, what's it called, Mom? The preliminary hearing? I guess <clears throat> yeah. the preliminary hearing, I guess. They um, released me on probation. The judge, I guess, got upset at my mom because she let me be in harm's way. I choose my own actions.
9: The judge was telling me that I put my daughter in harm's way and um, that she had a daughter the same age and how could I put my daughter in danger? So I explained to her what ordeals that we had gone through at Standing Rock with the Morton County Sheriff and the Corson County Sheriff calling us thugs for praying for the water. You know, mini wee Tony, water is life. I
0: mean, that's it, unless you have anything else you'd like to say.
8: Mm. <clears throat> i like to call out to all the water protectors out there to come join this fight. I know there's a lot going on up in Stunning Rock, but we need people down here, too.
0: Karen Dalton singing Woody Guthrie's song, Pastures of Plenty.
11: Yeah, my name's Jackie Hagans. We live north of Houston. We live in Cut and Shoot, Texas. Um, I'm, I'm Cherokee. Texas is not kind to native people. There's very little federal land. So when it comes to issues like maybe finding uh, remains, you know, of native people, Texas likes to say, these are remains of a, a, a tribe that doesn't exist anymore because uh, they, they want to believe that no tribes came from here or that are, that are still here. Texas doesn't work well with Native people at all. They don't reach out to, to tribes because in Texas, the tribes are under the federal government because we don't have an Indian commission in Texas like other states do. So they really leave out Native people for everything because then we have these people from the other side of the border who are our relatives and us, and we're all related and we all get left out of everything. Kelsey Warren gave Governor Abbott about a half a million dollars in his campaign, and then Governor Abbott put him on the board for the Parks Department and his wife on the board for the railroad, Committee, who's over all the pipelines. So now we have state parks in Texas running pipelines through state parks, and that's the word we want to get out to. They're not doing their job. They have a mission statement to protect that land, and they're not doing it. You have to understand how it's all connected. You know, when you start destroying something permanently and it's it's no longer here, it affects everything. It affects. whole balance of the earth and to me it's like you know you can say you believe in god you're a christian or you're this or whatever but until you realize that we are all connected and you lose that the uh, uncaring aspect of your life that you just don't care what's taken away then i don't see how you're connected to the earth and that's how we see it and we were asked to come here and of course we did, because even though this isn't tribal land, it makes it a harder fight than, say, Standing Rock, because we don't have a foothold, but they're still taking land from ranchers just taking. And the only one benefiting is this pipeline people. You know, we need more people here. to come. Yeah. So you're in Canada. Whether they can come from Canada, I don't know. I think someone went to Standing Rock. But we're here, yeah. and we're a small camp, you know. It's native land. This is a prayer camp. Of course, we have no alcohol, no drugs, no weapons. It's Native Lab. We run it in a Native way. And if you're okay to come and deal with that and learn, you're welcome to come.
0: This is Panorama by Daniel Lenoir. So those were the conversations I had with the water protectors at Two Rivers Camp. Since my visit there, Jackie, the last woman we heard from, has been arrested again. This is a small but mighty group. I strongly encourage anyone, if they can, to go there. The camp is a warm and welcoming place. I met many wonderful people. It's a beautiful part of the world and it needs protecting. This pipeline may not be stopped, but I think that it's important that we set a precedent of resistance to the violence that's being inflicted on the planet. You can find Two Rivers Camp on Facebook. You can donate to their legal funds or check out their Amazon wish list. I'll include these links wherever you're streaming this from. The next morning I returned home, driving along El Camino del Rio, Farm Road 170, maybe the most scenic drive I've ever done, Mexico to my right, through various canyons, past mesas, mountains, and hoodoos. I'll leave you with a recording I took from my tent the previous night of the coyotes yipping. Following that, I'd like to leave you with a song by Mac singer-songwriter Willie Dunn called, I Pity the Country. Thank you for listening.
12: I pity the country I pity the state in the mind of man who thrives on hate. Smaller the lives of cheats and liars of bigoted news press, fascist town crier. Deception annoys me. Deception destroys me. The bill rights froze me. Jails, they all know. Me. Frustrated, our churchmen, the saving of soul men, the tinker, the tailor, the colonial governor. They pull, they me. Palm. They're seeking to draw me away from the roundness of life. Servants, they thrive off my body, the trip is with power, back bacon and welfare, police they arrest me, materialists to test me, pollution that chokes me, movies to joke me, politicians exploit me, city life that jades me. Hudson Day fleets me, hunting laws freak me. Government is bumbling, revolution's rumbling. To be ruled in impunity is tradition continuity. I pity the country, I pity the state, and the mind of a man who thrives on hate.